Acts chapter 3, verse 11. We're going to read it one more time. It says, Well, the beggar held on to Peter and John. All the people were astonished and came running to them. Here in this portion of Scripture, there's what's real exciting. In this part that we're going to see, we go over, I'm not going to be very long. Actually, I want to get right to the point of what we're talking about and where we're going with this. Here in this portion of Scripture, we see a man get healed. Now, what I like about Peter and John, but in particular Peter, is that Peter recognized the miracle and capitalized on it. Peter saw that everyone was astonished and capitalized on it. Peter saw that everybody was amazed and he capitalized on it right away. And as we read this story, we will see that the miracle that took place wasn't just so much of the blind beggar or the man who got healed as it was those that were also amazed. That alone was a huge miracle where people would get amazed. Why? Because we're going to see that in just a little bit. I want somebody to say revival in my city. Come on, say it real loud. Say revival in my city. It's also great to see Sister Jocelyn. Come on now. She's been part of our church for a number of years. And I know when you've seen the drama-rama up there, you were like, oh, my gosh. Here we go again. But it's great to have you. And your husband as well. You guys are in uh, Modesto now, right? Great to see you guys over there. Great to see you here this morning. Revival in my city. What is it going to take to see revival happen within our city, within our families, within our finances, even within our workplace, and even within our churches? It's going to take men and women who are filled with the Holy Spirit who are ready to do the Lord's work. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Andrew G. said, God's time for revival is the very darkest hour. When everything seems hopeless, it is always the Lord's way to go to the very worst cases to manifest His glory. And if you've been watching the news lately at all, you would know that this hour is very dark. Some of the things that you watch on the television, I don't know about you, but i got to turn away. i got to close my ears because I cannot even believe the things that a man or a woman would do to other human beings. When I see those things and I hear those things, doesn't it, like, wrench your heart? Doesn't it get you? And then you even hear about unsolved cases. I think just even last year they barely solved the case of a woman from Hayward. She was buried, I think, over in the Modesto area. Do you guys remember that? I mean, it was like a 20-year, 30-year case. And you hear those things and you're like, my gosh. I mean, these things that just get you. But I want you to know something. In the darkest hours shines the brightest lights. Even when it seems like it's all gloomy, that there's no hope, that's where God's glory can be manifested the most. Right now, this is a bright place. We have all the lights on. All the lights on. If you were to put, some of you guys, you have a flashlight on your phone and you turn it on, I may not be able to see it. Why? Because there's a whole lot of light here. Everybody here is saved. If you really want to express glory, God's glory of salvation, go to where there's no salvation. Go to where... There's no God. And look at this. That's where God has called us to go. God has called us to go to the darkest places. Listen, I pray that if it's not happening already within your life, but by the end of this message, that when you see somebody that needs Christ, that you will stop and shine the light. When you see darkness, that's where light needs to go. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, you are the light. See, I want you to know something here this morning. 
When it comes to revival in the city, it's not in all the fancy methods. It's not in all the flashing lights. It's not in all the cool gadgets. It's not in the latest technology. It's not in what's the latest the church is doing. No, my friend, it's going to take men and women that are going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Spirit of God. Men and women that are not looking to look good, but men and women that are looking for God to be good in the presence. We need God's presence. Listen, we're here to build this church, but first, before we build it, we need to fill it. Now, some of you are saying, well, what do we need to fill it with? You know what we need to fill it with? We need to fill it with the Holy Ghost. Before we build this church, we got to fill this church. Fill it with the Holy Ghost. I don't care if there's five people or 500 people. We need to fill it with the Holy Ghost. Last week, we had uh, 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 evangelist Dean Neferatos. Remember that guy? Uh, you can't forget that guy. If you, if you just seen him once you will never forget him some of you guys got baptized how many guys got baptized in the holy ghost for the first time raise your hand last week wasn't that powerful that powerful see that's the kind of feeling that you need see when you when you get the baptism of the holy ghost and somebody asks you you ever been baptized you're not going uh yeah well i don't i don't know i i think so no when you've been baptized hey i've been baptized filled with the holy ghost and when you have that, you want to share it. See, that's the thing about being filled with God. Every filling always comes with an overflowing. Mm, I want you to catch that here this morning. Every filling always comes with an overflowing. In other words, it's not just for you, but it's for those around you. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, your family feels it. Now, if they accept it, that's up to them. I, I don't know. I, we, could, we can't force anybody to do it, but I tell you one thing. They will feel it. They will know it. When you go home, all of a sudden they're like, what is going on here in this house? Everybody used to be cussing. Now nobody is cussing anymore. Everybody in this house used to be drinking. Now I don't smell any alcohol anymore. Everybody here used to be mad at each other. Now all of a sudden there's peace in this house. What is going on? You know why? It's because it's a filling and an overflowing of the Holy Ghost. How many of you, let me ask you this, how many of you, you had worse than a sailor's tongue? Raise your hand. You used to just cuss up a storm. Raise your hand. Now, if you even, now, for those of you that raise your hand, even when you hear a cuss word, doesn't it like, like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, what was that? Like, you hear somebody else say it, but you want to cover your mouth, you're like, oh, ooh. You know why? Because that's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost active and alive in you. That's why it's very important that if we are going to uh, get this city to see the light, we first need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you. Tell, you, tell them, you got to be filled. In Acts chapter 3, we see a movement beginning to take place. And then... In verse 11, we see something astonishing begin to happen. The Bible says that Peter saw this and he took advantage. And right away, he started preaching. See, my friend, what you and I need to do is we need to get ready and prepare for the miracle to happen. Because once the miracle happens, you got to seize the moment and share the truth. Are you hearing me? Once the miracle happens, see, because we keep here, uh, we come here every Wednesday, we come here uh, even on other weekdays, every Sunday, and we always pray, God, let a miracle take place. God, let a miracle take place. God, let a miracle take place. The story here that we see did not happen in the place that you think a miracle would happen. The miracle took place out of the ordinary. The miracle happened 
when nobody was expecting it. See, if we come here right now, and let's be honest, we've come here, even those of you that are not saved yet, but by the end of this message, you're going to get touched. If you accept it, salvation has come to your house today. But even here, you come to church. You, if we were to see a miracle happen right now, most of us would expect it. Like, well, it's church. This is where miracles should happen, right? Peter and John were in the place where they weren't expecting anything. Nothing was expected. They were out on the street corner just doing their thing. They were on their way just going about their business. They had business to attend to when you read the scripture. They had business to attend to, but all of a sudden a miracle happened. But the great thing I love about Peter is that he had always been praying for a miracle. So when the miracle happened, he recognized it. He recognized it. See, some of you here... You got to get ready because even at your job, your coworker is going to get saved. But are you going to get ready to recognize it? Your mom out of nowhere, years after years after years of denial, all of a sudden she's going to accept Jesus. Are you going to be ready for it? Amen. See, that's what happened here with Peter and John. All of a sudden they saw it and Peter right away, he starts preaching. Now without getting into the whole story, I want you to know something. Peter preached probably one of his best messages ever ever recorded I should say he just started going off he said man you guys crucified the savior he was the author of life and man you guys but you still have an opportunity to repent the miracle still happened yet he still started preaching he started sharing the truth somebody say the truth somebody once said religious movement fueled by enthusiasm will be short-lived in other words it's not going to take emotion but it's going to take truth somebody say truth now, upon speaking the truth, the Bible says that Peter and John were taken to jail. What's funny is that many of us were taken to jail for being a liar. I'll say amen for you. Peter and John were taken to jail for speaking the truth. Now, believe me, this has been really heavy upon my heart for a number of, uh, I'd say about a year and a half, past year and a half. I've really honestly been thinking about Man, if I start preaching the gospel, am I going to go to jail? Because ever since I heard the story about the pastor that got a ticket, he just got a ticket. He got fined. It was in Anaheim. Uh, They're in Orange County. I don't know if you heard about it. I think it was about a year and a half ago. And he got a ticket for having a Bible study at his house. He got a fine. All the life group leaders went, oh, my gosh. But see, slowly but surely, they're just trying to figure out ways to get rid of the truth, little by little. So I've thought about it. I said, man, would I be able to go to jail for speaking the truth? Now, I want to say this to those of you who have been to jail. Many of you have been to jail. You've been to prison. I find it funny. If you've been to jail or prison and you speak the truth and you go, well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to jail. Wait a second. You've been to jail already. You've been there. You've done that. It's been a part of you. So this is what I think. Now, this is just my opinion. You don't have to believe it or not. I think all of you that have been to prison and jail, God just prepared you. (laughs) Went to jail, went to prison without a Bible, got out. Now you got a Bible. Maybe you might just go back in, but now you're going to go in with a Bible. Not, Not a physical Bible. I mean a spiritual Bible right here. I will hide that word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I don't know. I'm just saying that's just my opinion. God has always been preparing you. Every step of the way he's been preparing you. Peter and John got prepared, saw the miracle, spoke the truth, and even spoke it in spite of going 
to jail. Now, the Bible says that also the Sanhedrin were there. They were, they were the one that took them to jail. The Bible says, I believe it's in Acts chapter 4, verse 13, that all of a sudden they were amazed not only at the miracle, but at the education of these guys. The Bible says that they called them unschooled and ordinary. They were just ordinary guys. You have to remember the Sanhedrin were very prestigious. They were schooled, educated. If you were here a couple months ago, you learned about how to even become a rabbi or to become a part of the political party of the Sanhedrin. I mean, you have to go through years of treacherous, uh, uh, you know, uh, ceremonies and all this understanding and studying. You, I mean, you know, I've earned this. So these men, all of a sudden, these earned men, I earned the degree, I earned all this stuff, looking at these ordinary men go, how in the world can you do that? How did you do this? You know how? They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were amazed how ordinary men, listen, that's what God does. God takes ordinary men and puts the extra in it. God is always the extra. You may feel ordinary, but don't worry about it. With God, you're extraordinary. Tell the person next to you, tell them, you are extraordinary. I remember this saying by John Lennon. He said this, Jesus was all right, but his disciples were thick and ordinary. It's them twisting it that ruins it for me. Well, John Lennon didn't have it right. They were ordinary, but with Christ, we were extraordinary. Can I hear an amen? amen. See, in the school of the Holy Spirit is where these men were educated. Now, the Bible says that this blind beggar was over 40 years old. 40 years old, in other words, these Sanhedrin men could not deny the miracle because they had seen this man for years, for years and for years and for years. I grew up here in Hayward, grew up from South Hayward, North Hayward, West Hayward. I mean, I lived everywhere from Fremont, Union City, San Leandro, San Lorenzo. I've seen a lot of different uh, men, different women from all around here. And I, I want you to know something. Uh, being a young kid, I've heard about so many miracles of, oh, you should have seen this guy. He's a miracle from Hayward. Oh, you should have seen this. He's a miracle from the district. Oh, you should have seen this guy. He's a miracle from the town. Oh, man. Why? Because a lot of people that grew up there, they are waiting and expecting to see miracles. They've been waiting. I know when Greg got saved, everybody was like, no way. God's coming back right now. Is that a pig flying right there? There is no way that Greg Martinez... The biggest fist in Alvarado could ever get saved. But that's what happened. Why? Because somebody, it, believe me, when my father and my mom, they came up here, they didn't come up with a huge team of 100 people in the church. Matter of fact, they came with one person in the church. That's it. That's all they had. See, I, I, look at, I know there's all these new strategies to churches. Oh, we should send out teams and, you know, get 50 people, 100 people. Look, those are great. Those are awesome. And I believe that's a strategy that God has given us. Don't get me wrong. But I want you to know this. When I was listening, even the other day to Brother Dean on that Friday night, powerful message. If you have not heard that message, listen to that thing. Friday night, session one, it's on our podcast. You listen to that. It will change your perspective. One of the things he was talking about when he said the Abraham, the Isaac, and the Jacob generation. And one of the things that I've always kept in prayer, I've always kept in prayer, is that I want to have that Abraham generation anointing. Yes, I'm a part of the Jacob generation, but I want that Abraham anointing. 
I want the ones where they didn't care about nothing. They didn't have any money. They didn't have a, a, a building. They didn't have cars. They didn't have flyers. All they had was an altar of sacrifice unto their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't take 500 people or 100 people to start a church. All it takes is one person, two people that say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to go heal some blind beggars. Filled with the Holy Ghost. The story says that as they were there, they were talking. You can read it on your own. I'm paraphrasing. The, when they were there, they began to talk. And as they begin to talk, the Sanhedrin begin to talk and say, man, what do we do? Can we charge them? Should we take them to jail? Should we not? We're going to take them in. we got to release them. So the Bible says they took them in, but they had to release them. On what charge? What are they going to charge them with? So they released them. So as they released, the Bible says that all of a sudden as they begin to speak, the ground began to shake. Listen to me. The ground began to shake. When there was a releasing going on. Doesn't that kind of sound a little bit similar, I think, later on in the book of Acts, right? I think it was, says Paul and Silas at midnight. What were they doing? Praising God. Worshiping God. And then the Bible says that even in jail. Look at it. First I talked about outside of jail. Now they're in jail. When they were in jail, these are two different men. Two different scenarios. But the same thing happened. What happened? The Bible says that the jail began to shake. <sighs> Listen to me. There was just two of them. That's all it was. It's two of them. Not 200, not 2,000, two. When the two were together, the Bible says, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Two of them. See, I know a lot of us think, man, I need the church. we got to get the church together. we got to do all this together. Listen, that's great. There's power in numbers. If there wasn't power in numbers, there wouldn't be a book in the Bible named Numbers. I know there's power in numbers. But listen to me. This is very important. The biggest number is you and God. That's it. No matter your background, no matter your experiences, no matter what you've gone through, as long as you're saying, God, prepare me. God, ready my eyes to see the miracle so that I can preach your truth. And then when you speak his truth, that, my friend, is how we shake the bay. It's not by the dramas. The dramas are good, but it's not in the fancy methods. It's not in the lights. It's not in the building. It's where men and women say, God, I want to be filled with your Holy Ghost. Take me to the place where it's just me and you, and you could fill me and overflow me. Because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost... Shaking begins to happen. Listen to me. Don't come to church and expect a flyer to shake the bay. Are you hearing me? Don't come to church and expect, ooh, AJ, can you sing a song so I can feel good? No, that doesn't shake the bay. What shakes the bay is a man or a woman saying, God, I want everything out of me so you can fill me. And once you fill me with your Holy Ghost, release me so I can shake the world for you. And that's exactly what the disciples did. It was simple. It wasn't a whole big, huge strategy. It wasn't all these methods. It wasn't, matter of fact, I mean, the, the finances, even when you read it, even when you read about the finances, the Bible says that as they were speaking, they began to sell things. Remember, and then without going into a whole nother sermon, remember that's Ananias and Sapphira? Remember that? They tried to lie. 
Remember that time? Well, it's, the reason why they did that is because everybody was doing it. All of a sudden, they seen church people. They seen all the people coming to the disciples and going, wait a second, look. Look, they're selling their house, and everybody has, nobody is in want. Everybody's got their needs. Why? Because as they were bringing it, they said, look at what is happening. Look at the miracles. If a miracle can happen here, it can happen over here. If a miracle can happen there, it can happen over here. If a miracle can happen here, it can happen over there. Listen to me. A miracle is going to happen here in Hayward, and we wanted to go from Hayward to Dakota, from Dakota to Union City, Union City to Milpitas, all the way down to San Jose, up, down. Let's take Santa Clara. Let's go all the way back up. Let's get Burlingame, San Mateo. Let's go Redwood City, South City, San Francisco. Let's go all the way South Salido. Come all the way back around. Let's take it to Richmond. Let's bring it down to Berkeley. If we can get it right here to Oakland, come on back to San Lorenzo, San Leandro, Castro Valley, and right back here to Hayward. Because if it can happen here, it can happen anywhere. Men and women that are filled with the Holy Ghost. That's all it takes. It's not fancy methods. It's not cool flyers. Matter of fact, the flyers are nothing more than reminders. That's all. I just want you to know that. Flyers are reminders. That's not evangelism. Uh, are we hearing that? I want to be very clear with that. Flyers have never been and never will be evangelism. Flyers are just reminders. And icebreakers, that's all they really are. They're icebreakers. Hey, I want to invite you out. I want you to know Jesus loves you. Jesus could change your life. That's it. Because when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, there's a boldness about you. I believe that every Christian should have a boldness. There should be a boldness. There should be no shy bone in you if you've got Jesus Christ living inside of you. There shouldn't be. Now, that's my opinion. That's what I think. But because as I read the scriptures, everybody that was filled with the Holy Ghost always preached. They always spoke. They always shared. They never kept to themselves. If anybody can ever read anything of anybody ever being filled with the Holy Ghost and keeping it to themselves, please show it to me. I have yet to read it. Every time I've read it, they were always giving. They were always sharing. They were always preaching. They were always, that's what they were always doing. So I want to challenge you here this morning. We're going to shake the bay, but before we shake the bay, let God shake you. Let him shake you. Let him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Let, for those of you that got baptized, you get that and you take that and you run with that and you move mountains with that thing. You say, Christ, exercise and be alive in me and move in my family, in my job, at my, uh, my school, wherever I go, to, to the restaurant. God, I want to be filled with your Holy Ghost. What I'm excited about of what we're doing and what we've been doing. See, this is not something where it's just something we just made up. It's been taking place for years. Can I hear an amen? amen. A couple years ago, we made a video. I want to show you a video again. And I want to remind, I want to keep it fresh in your mind once again that it's time to love your city back to life again. It's time to shake your city back to life again. Can I hear an amen? Come on, can I hear an amen? amen. Touch three people, tell them, shake the city. Come on, tell them, shake the bay, shake the city. Tell them, tell them. It's time once again, we're going to start doing this the whole month, the whole month of May, every single day. There's not one day. Okay, there is one day, Mother's Day. Make that very clear. Mother's Day, we're, we're not going out. We're be with your moms. But every other day, morning, noon, and night, morning, Noon and night, we're getting people filled with the Holy Ghost and saying, let's hit 
the darkness and spread the light. I love my city. How many are ready to love your city to life? Listen, this is our time. As they come here this morning, as the worship team comes, listen, this is our time. We're going to love our city back to life. We're going to tell them about Jesus. We're going to let them know about Christ. But let it not just be a one-time event. Listen, what you just saw, that was over a one-month span of hitting the streets, doing rallies, and we're going to do it again. Listen, God has called us. God has anointed us to preach the gospel, to share the gospel, to reach those that are hurting, to tell those who are without hope, to let them know that there is love, that there is love them know that there is peace, to let them know that there is joy once again. There's many men and many women out there that are depressed and they are oppressed. Listen, I know some of you guys, you go through struggles and you even have some mistakes in your life and you feel like, oh man, I I can't do this. I I can't make this happen. I I don't know if I can go to church. Listen, my friend, you're still breathing. You have hope. You have salvation. There are men and women that are out there. They don't have no hope. They have no salvation. They have not had an encounter with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and they need you to say something. They need you to speak. They need you to love them. Now, I want to encourage you. See, because as I share this message, I know right away, those that have already had the passion, I'm just connecting to it. I'm just connecting to your passion, bringing it in and say, let's harness it. Let's bring it together so it's easy for those of you that have the passion. But for those of you that you're like, oh, I don't know. That's good for the church. No, my friend, you are the church. Some of you even have that question in your mind, like, man, am I really saved? Listen, I'm not here to get into a doctrinal debate. I want you to know something. Those of you that are here, that you are under the covering here of this church, of the people next to you, and you are wondering, man, well, if I'm here because I'm saved because of him. No, you are saved because of your acceptance under Jesus Christ. You have made some mistakes. Yes, you have. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But listen, some of you are on that hamster wheel. You come to church, but you never get out of it to tell anybody else about church, to tell anybody else about Christ's love. I'm trying to get you to understand right now that Peter and John, they were just about their normal business. They were just doing their regular business, but then all of a sudden, when they saw the miracle, something came up. I I have to say something. I got to share it. I, I can't keep this to myself. God is too great for me to worry about my own interests and my own selfish desires. I got to say something. So for those of you that are in the hamster wheel of my, all my mistakes, I don't have it all together. I can't do it. My, my message here today is I want to get you off that wheel and say, look, we're all in this together. We all make mistakes together. But I'm here to tell you something. There is a people out there that is lost and hurting. Let us not be the church that comes here and says, man, I dress so nice today. Let us not be the church that comes and say, oh, man, I felt so good today. It was just good to feel this good, and that's it. Let us be the church to say, God, you are so good. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for touching my family. Thank you for supplying all my needs, God. Thank you. And because I'm thankful, I want to share it. I want to say something. Let us not be the church that is called Victory Outreach, but all we do is have victory in reach. That we would be the church that reaches out. That we would be the church that loves the unlovable. That we would be the church that brings hope to the hopeless. That we would bring the church that brings peace to the frustrated.
that we would show God's love, God's light in the midst of the darkness. This month, we have a full schedule of things that are happening where you could spread the love of Christ. This calendar is not a calendar of works. Listen, faith without works, this is dead. You need to exercise your faith. Every day, I want to give our church an opportunity to be able to express our faith. This is a whole calendar of every day, starting today to the last day of May 31st. That's a Saturday. Of where we're going to be hitting the streets. We're going from uh, West Hayward. We're going to the Pompano area, Southgate, Mount Eden. We're going to be hitting up the Tyrell areas or the Cherryland. We're going to Princeton and B Street. We're going to be having sneaker nights where you come to church on a Wednesday night. Don't come dressing up like, you know, come like with slacks. Forget the slacks. Throw the slacks out. Put some sneakers on. We're going to go out to the streets and we're going to tell people about Christ. We're going to have those on May 14th, May the 28th. We're going to be having going to the 160s there in San Leandro. We're going to be going to the Richmond area. We're going to be hitting up the Oakland area, Union City in Dakota. We're going to be going to South City there in the Balboa. We're going to the Tenderloin District. We're going to hit up some areas in Fremont. We're going to be hitting up some areas in Milpitas. Now, for those of you that say, well, isn't there churches in that area? Yes, there is. And guess what? We're saving souls, and I'm going to get them in their church. They ain't got to come to my church. I don't want them to come to my church. I want them to get to heaven. So for those of you that have friends in those cities and friends in those areas, find out. Get the address of that church so that when you go to that city, you can tell them to go to that church. We're not trying to get people in this. this Hayward is filled with 150,000 people plus. Just Hayward alone. We can have a big church right here. Don't worry about that. We're here to save souls. Win souls for God's honor and for God's glory. When we go to the mission district, hey, go to Pastor Gabriel. Hey, there's Pastor Ed over there in the city. Hey, let them know about Pastor Luis and Pacifica. When we go down to San Jose, hey, Pastor Rob, that is a powerful church. You got to check it out. When we go to Fremont, dude, Pastor Anthony is the bomb. You got to go there. They call it Freakmont, but they got Jesus freaks over there. It's awesome. When we go to Richmond, oh, you got to let them know about Pastor Bethel. Pastor Bethel be like, He really does do that, by the way. You think I'm playing? I'm really not playing. That's what he does. Like, We're not here to bring people to church. We're here to take people to heaven. That's it. We want them to get an experience of heaven when they come to church. But we want to get them there. And if you're saying, I want to be a part of that, at the end of service, we're going to have a schedule out there, and you're going to be able to get one, take one, pray about it. Because, now it's every day. Now, we're not, you don't have to come every day. Now, for those of you that are passionate, you're looking at this thing going, oh, yeah, you're chomping at the bit. You're like, I'm there every day. Let's get this thing. I'm saving souls. Now, but for those of you that maybe this might be a little like, wow, oof, my gosh. Now, especially moms. Listen to me, moms. Plan accordingly. Please, moms, plan accordingly. You do so much work already with all the, the, I mean, the housework, the kids. Please plan accordingly. However, don't let that be an excuse not to win souls. Amen. I got my kids. Your kids are your first souls. Your kids are your first disciples, but they're not your only disciples. So please, get this. Say, man, I want to come. Where are they going to be at today? Oh, it's Tuesday? I'm going to Tennyson. They're going to be at Cecil's Burgers. I'm ready to testify. 
For those of you that got baptized last week in the Holy Ghost, you should be looking at these rallies and going, all right, which day am I going to testify? Which day am I going to share the gospel? Which day am I going to go win a soul? Which day am I going to tell somebody about Jesus Christ? Oh, that's it, babe. We're going on the 13th. We are going to just mob that whole area and let them know about Jesus Christ. Okay, but don't wear blue. That's Southgate. All right, don't wear that. <laughs> South Garden. All right, don't do that. Oh, that wouldn't be very wise. It's okay. We got Loretta up in here. South Garden. The area that they say. That I remember when we first got here, my father told me there's only one black family in South Garden, and that's the Howards. And I was like, what you mean? Like, you know, it's the Bay Area, but there's one particular area. I mean, it's just, man, the Mexicans. There's a bunch of them. They're crazy. And to be honest, I say it humorously, but they really are crazy. We, we got to be careful when we do go. But what I like about it is because we got a miracle. From South Garden. You're that blind beggar that everybody knew. Everybody saw you. Nobody could deny the power of God. Because they seen you, Loretta. When we go back there, there's no way they could deny it. They could be confused about it, but they can't deny it. They cannot understand it, but they can't deny it. Some of you, we're going to go back to your areas. We're going to hit some of your areas in, this, in the mission district. Some of you, we have a lot of people from San Francisco here in this church. We have a lot of people. We got plenty of people, from, even from Oakland in this church. My wife is from Oakland. Oakland produces the most beautiful women. You ain't got to clap. You ain't got to clap. It's the truth. It's the truth. When we go back there, she went to, you went to Berkeley High, right? Berkeley, they call it berserkly. If you were there with us the other day, you really know it's berserkly. When one lady jumped on Eric while they were witnessing, she really did. She jumped on his neck, started grabbing him. I'm serious. She really did. She grabbed him while he's witnessing. He's bending down. He's witnessing, preaching the gospel. Lady, you know what he did? He turned around. He goes, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Guess what she did? She ran. She took off. Because the enemy knows when there's a man or woman that's filled with the Holy Ghost. You can hate it all you want, but you can't deny the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen to me, church. It's time to get filled with the Holy Ghost. And let's shake the bay for God's honor and for God's glory. Come on, stand with me here this morning. Hallelujah.